Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. brand new day all the way from the wastelands of california my name is michael and i'm a mere figment of your imagination i look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation first time listeners turn on tune in and drop out this is a very different kind of show a place where we don't feel so alone let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe i do admire you for your curiosity oh yeah live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days. You can also catch the podcast rendition of the program on most of your favorite media platforms. Go to michaeldeacon.com for further assistance. Joining me this evening is William Lawrence. He's a photographer investigating new methods of communicating with extraterrestrial intelligence. In 2015, while creating an experiment to communicate with the other side, he discovered something much more than he bargained for. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Good evening. What a mess it's been just to get this live stream going yet again. Regardless of how much someone or something prevents this program from moving forward, just keep in mind. When there's a will, there's a way. Tonight will be a bit of a rattlesnake with William Lawrence. He will be joining us here live and direct in a moment. Second half, stay tuned as I wrap up the program with news and some bits. A special guest joins me live, Mr. Bobby Blades. He draws assignment here tonight. It's going to be amazing, I promise. 
And you too can get involved by calling in 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Now, without further ado, let's bring in our guest. Will, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. No problem. I'm so glad you can be here. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, and I do apologize. It's taken some time to get the ball rolling here between me and you here. Yeah, I had a few issues with my, my Skype going. Yeah, not only with Skype, but in general, just trying to get you here tonight to do this live. I had to reschedule a few times with you, too. Yeah, it worked out great, though. I'm glad to be here to discuss what I know and what I've done and the things that I've seen. Very true, very true. And how on earth did we even come in contact? Did you send me an email first, or did I email you? I believe that you emailed me through the website. So somewhere along the lines, you must have ran across some of my information. Someone must have told me about you. I'm starting yeah, to wonder I'm who doing- it was. I'm doing my best to communicate the results, so I'm trying to put out information as fast and as much as I can, so I'm doing my best. No problem, no problem, and I understand. And once again, thank you for sharing your time with all of us here tonight. And as we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I want you to take us back to your roots as well. I definitely want to know exactly how you got involved with all this stuff here. Well, uh, growing up at a on a farm in Florida, I, I grew up on an orange grove in San Antonio, Florida. And then by the age of 20, I started traveling. And um, while I was in California, I had some light coming in through my window. And what I decided to do, this was in 2010, what I decided to do was take a bottled water and make a rainbow and project that rainbow to a black refrigerator that was sitting nearby. There I was taking a digital photograph of the color spectrum. While I was analyzing the digital camera photos, by zooming into the spectrum, I was able to see objects that should not be there, such as an Indian crossing a creek with, with three men on horseback up to the left and a cabin to the right. Also, I saw an army soldier posing, smiling, with a bazooka strapped to his back. And then there was a woman opening the gate to a cemetery. And the the gate was chain-link, but there was a brick wall on both sides. And inside, you could see tombstones and trees. This was in 2010. Now, in 2015, I remembered what I did then. I was curious about spirits and ghosts. And at this time, I was, you know, doing my own small investigations of the paranormal. So I decided to recreate what I did in California, and I grabbed what tools and equipment I could find, a black and metal I needed, water, and a digital camera. And I went out and did the experiment, and to my surprise, I was able to detect in detail ghosts, or paranormal, as we would call it. Right. But what led you down that path? Did you experience something at a young age, perhaps, in terms of the paranormal, which led you down this road here? I've always had an interest in in the paranormal, and I wasn't too interested in extraterrestrial. But as when I was a young child, there were 
a few things that happened in our house where at one time at age around 10 to 12, our whole entire house lit up white. And my dad would always joke with me saying, well, we were living on an Indian burial ground. We were on the highest hill in Florida, so it's a possibility. And that happened twice where the whole house would light up white. Florida, then, you say? Yes, well, San Antonio, Florida. I'm not surprised to hear that. All sorts of things happen over in the 305. Yeah, I was north of Tampa by 25 miles, and there was other few occasions where the the blinds, we had the old bamboo roll blinds, they would just roll up and down by themselves on occasion. And when I got older, around 19, I was in a house where I was being held to the bed once a week where I couldn't move, and it felt like inside my, my skull, like a vibration, vibrating like a bumblebee. Um, on the fourth week, it happened, the entity came out from behind the headboard, and he was looking down with his arms up, and he was like a solid gray tone, but bony, with his mouth wide open, like he's screaming, but you couldn't hear anything, and like black holes where his eyes would be. It was a very, very scary entity, and at that time, once he came out, I left the house and never went back. So I've always been interested in the paranormal. So that's what it was. You had this creepy encounter. Well, you had multiple creepy encounters, I guess you could say, growing up, which caused you to go down this path here. And I always, you know, knew that ghosts exist. I've, I've, while I was in New York, cause I was traveling a lot, I was, I, I, I finally rooted down in Long Island, New York. And at that time I was doing some investigations where I was going to certain areas of of Long Island and um, videotaping, and I was even encountered on a job site that I was working at, uh, a haunted house where I captured an older woman who passed right in front of the uh, video as I was videoing. Um, it was pretty pretty interesting. In terms of the occult and Ouija board, spirit boards, and all that sort of thing, how do you feel about that in terms of people that want to communicate with the other side? I feel there's so many different areas where you can, and everyone has the ability to tune in the paranormal, and they have unique abilities. But I don't put time or research into other ways other than the research that I put into this platform where I'm able to photograph these entities in detail and and com communicate with them physically and not non-physically where I can show evidence. So it's not that I don't believe in other methods, but I, I haven't put any time into researching those methods. Yeah, I don't think I would want to go down that route myself personally. And by the way, if those out there listening to this on TuneIn, you can go to michaeldeacon.com and you can look up some of the photographs or go to his website, bentlights.com. And you could see the photographs that we are discussing here tonight. And one of the questions I did have for you was one of the first photographs I saw and video from you was the YouTube video you took of you in your car with the uh, stereo there. This was during a very active month. And when I first detected the messages, um, 
in the visible light spectrum, I started getting visited by extraterrestrial crafts, these large spheres, um, lights in the sky, unknown lights that look like stars every night. There was, there were visitations and, and strange things were happening around me that I could notice. So I was getting off of work and when I got into my car at 3.33 in the afternoon, my radio starts flashing. And as the radio started flashing, the music that was playing was Space Song by Beach House, which was just strange. And I started videotaping. And as the I reviewed the videotape when I got home, I realized that while it was flashing, when it said 1999, it was actually displaying my initials, W-H-L. And when it said 1499, it put out some unknown language on the radio, which I captured on video. So then I later drew out the language, and then the the words that appeared were, appeared like hieroglyphics. The first one was an upside-down leaf. The second, third, and fourth was like a numerical symbol and then the last symbol was the symbol of a horse with a dash on the upper right side of it yeah it's very unusual at this time many unusual things were happening so i was trying to document as much as i could and that was after the detection so scientifically is what i've been doing now is researching the science behind what i was able to do in 2015 with um the experiment and now this experiment ran for two years consecutively so every week i was out there running the experiment and then i was indoors analyzing the the data that i was receiving in the visible light and Throughout the two years, I can really say there's only been between 15 highly detailed photographs and around 35 unexplained photographs. Yes, I I think we jumped around ahead just a tiny bit there. I did want you to tell us a little bit about the events leading up to all these strange sort of UFO-type contacts you had. So while I was into the ghosts, and spirits. At this time, you know, I'm doing the paranormal investigations. I put the experiment. I remembered what I did in 2010. So I was going to develop this experiment so I could communicate with spirits. I assumed spirits is all I was going to be able to communicate with with this experiment. And I'm a strong believer in, in the paranormal. So I put this experiment together. I went outside. I ran the tests with sunlight and um, by analyzing the frequency of light using water and a water bottle, but about an inch of water, and you keep it at a 45-degree angle, the light passes through the water. The, the bottle is used as like a convex lens, so it's, it's bending the light on, on both sides, and it's almost like curving it as it goes in. And as the light passes through the water, through the, the, the lens, then you project that light onto the black metal. While the light is on the metal, I take digital photographs of the light on the metal. For about an hour, I take photographs. Then I go inside and review the photographs. And in reviewing the photographs, that's when I was able to see 
the first photo that you put up on the website, which is a photo of what I believe to be consciousness or a soul, a human soul. Yes, the second photo you see it there. I thought that was, it looks kind of like a humanoid. Right, it's it's non-physical. So you see the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the shoulders, and, and and a white, big bright white skull with a forehead but it is human form but it's a non-physical human form and what i was able to do that was the first i noticed and what i was able to do is is review more photographs and i found more human-like entities some have clothes on and um look like physical human but others are non-physical yes and going back to the strange symbols, someone in the chat room wanted to know if you figured out exactly what these symbols meant. The closest that we could come up with, because I, I go public with all my information. As soon as I made the discovery in April of 2015, I created the Bent Light Facebook page. So everything is documented there from the beginning to now. When we went public, I was discussing with others. And what we found is the Emerald Tablet by uh, Thoth which is known as maybe one of the earliest written documents or was written on stone. But some of the, the, the writing that was on the radio is in his tablet, the upside down leaf, and mm. some of the numericals, the yeah. one, the two, three, and four. So that was the closest language we could find. That's pretty unusual. What's even more is Newton, um, translated this this tablet and what they're able to find out is that the tablet is about the sun and it's about higher powers and God and stuff. And what I was doing is capturing sunlight. So the language came from the sun and thought was all about the Emerald tablet is about what's above is like what's below. Correct. And, and the sun, he referred to the sun a lot in that. Yeah, that's fascinating. I had no idea we would even mention that part here, but it and, makes sense. And what what I'm doing um, is very simple. It's just sunlight, water, and metal, although I'm using digital photographs to photograph it because what is in the light is moving very, very fast. But there's a good possibility that whatever I'm connecting with, in ancient time, people were able to use certain drugs or or use certain methods. I've seen a paper written in Peru, ancient paper, where it showed um, the method that I'm using on the left-hand side. It showed the water, it showed the sun, it showed, like, a refraction, a rainbow, and then it even showed, like, a stone on the bottom. And then on the right side, it showed, like, beings, uh, spheres, the small, the circular spheres, and trees and objects. So it seemed that even in ancient Peru, they may have had this communication going a long time ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the ancients, the shamans, very much into mind-altering substances, even back then, even today. People Recent. love these properties. Recently, too, because I'm referring to bent light. So what I'm doing is bending the light and I'm projecting it and then taking photographs of the light. Now, the entities that I photographed move extremely fast. So that's why it's important, uh, why it's important to, ha to be able to see it with a camera. Without the camera, I couldn't see it. But our eyes 
do exactly what I'm doing with this bottled water. So our eyes are actually refracting light as it impacts our eyes. And our eyes like a convex lens, so then the light comes in, it's refracted and then centered and projected into your your eye, the cornea, is where you're able to see. And by the way, someone in the chat room, they mentioned pareidolia, which is interesting because you mentioned that as well in one of the articles you sent me. And my mind, when, once I see that word, I always think of another term for it, anthropomorphic, and how the human mind will often do this by default. Right. That has been re- referred to me by actual scientists as well. Um, there was a few scientists, Seth Shostak, who I spoke with. Oh, yeah. In, in 2015 and Mark D'Antonio, who is a senior, uh, MUFON photo analysis. Now I have researched into this claim and I've researched and did all the scientific research into the science behind what we're seeing as well. And this is the conclusion that I have came to. The All the images, the unexplained images that appear, the human soul, the extraterrestrials, the Galileo spyglass, all the images are appearing in the visible light spectrum. Now, scientists have proven that the visible light spectrum can send and receive data. Data can be encoded into photons, millions of photons. With that fact alone, that you can send data in the visible light spectrum, that warrants a further investigation, I feel personally, to where you can, if someone were to claim pareidolia, that pareidolia describes physical objects that look like like um, something your mind would perceive, like a face, for example. Yeah, like if people trees. look at clouds, they see shapes of faces and so forth and so forth. Or like, Correct. for instance, like religious people, they'll think they saw the Virgin Mary on the side of the wall. Or Jesus or, on a yeah. toast. Or, exactly. Now, these are all physical objects where you can actually say that is a physical object, shapes and trees or um, even the clouds, but those objects are gigantic to form those certain objects. Now, all the images that I've collected in the, in the visible light spectrum, all the images show bilateral symmetry. All the unexplained images show bilateral symmetry where what's on one side is on the other, just like humans and um, animals and anything that's alive shows bilateral symmetry. Also, a lot of those objects are are miles long or hundreds of feet long, unless you get into rocks. And then you can see certain shapes, but they may not have the bilateral symmetry. These are all physical objects. With these images, these unexplained images are smaller than the face of a on a dime. The the actual images are smaller with laser precision detail. And on a side note, are, are you religious by any chance? I believe there's a higher power, yes. And once I made this discovery, it's now I don't have to believe. Now I know that there is a next chapter of our life after leaving Earth. And what I believe this technology will give us the ability to do is communicate with that section so when people leave earth we're going to be able to have a communication platform to communicate with them after earth therefore once we leave earth we're still going to be able to talk to our loved ones people who have passed away 
Understood. So they're, yes. They're not going to pass away. Understood. And going back to some of the names you brought up, when you presented your data to them, how did they first initially react? Were they dismissive or how did they take this? At this time, there has not been a single investigation of my discovery, and I'm still pushing to have science, scientists investigate. But Seth Shostak from SETI Institute dismissed it completely. Um, he said it looks no different than the reflection of a bumper of a car, and what I, which is strange because I sent him the data. Seth Shostak actually said in a statement that um, – he said that if extraterrestrials were to send a message to humans, they would make it as easy as possible. They would encode it so that it's as easy as possible to detect, and they would try to make it simple so they would send pictures. So he's even he's even predicted that extraterrestrials would send pictures first because we can relate to that. But uh, they dismissed my research in 2015. Now, in 2016 – in June of 2016, they came out with their project called Laser SETI, which Elliot Gillum is behind. He's the one who came up with the supposed concept of uh, a method of detecting extraterrestrial messages. And what they're using are my exact methods. So now they dismiss my research, but they built a contraption that is doing exactly what I told them I was doing. It uh, has a prism on the top, so it takes an incoming light, it bends the light, and it projects that light to a digital camera. So their system is a little different, but the, now they're using my concept but after it's the same. dismissing my research. Yeah, but it's the same concept then. Correct. They're wow. breaking down the visible light spectrum using a prism, and they're directing that light into a digital camera. I was successful at doing without the metal, because I project the light to metal. I was successful at capturing moonlight, which is the sun, reflected off the moon, and I projected that light through the prism, the water, and I projected that light into a digital camera. While doing so, I was able to capture on video unexplained entities forming, which is the moonlight session that I took, and I captured audio. In the very beginning, while I was running the experiment, it sounded like two lions were walking in a circle around me, and they were growling. But there was one that would growl, and then there would be another one that would growl. So it sounded like two separate growls, and it was pretty loud growls. And I was not anywhere near a zoo or anything like that. So it was in my backyard, peace and quiet. There's no reason why a lion's roar should be picked up on that. On the audio. That shouldn't be that anywhere. Was, this was a moonlight session. So this is exactly what they're using. They're breaking down the light with a prism and projecting it into a digital camera, which may not have an audio feed. So they're, they're using the concept but dismissing my discovery, which really frustrates me. Yeah, I was going to say, does that piss you off? It's beyond. I'd be angry if I were you. Oh, yeah. And there's really nothing I can do other than I went public with my information, and I do the best I can to explain it. Um, I'm researching the science behind it. But uh, even Mark D'Antonio has suggested pareidolia or optical caustics. Now, in one of my latest articles, has contact with extraterrestrial life. 
Um, in that article, I break down both definitions, pareidolia and optical caustics. Optical caustics is where scientists have developed an algorithm using a computer where they can encode an image in glass or plastic. And when they shine a light through that glass or plastic, it projects the face or object that was imprinted in the glass or plastic. But you can't see it until the light shines through it. There's no way possible that I'm able to to do that with the photographs that I've taken. Everything that I've taken is straight out of the visible light spectrum. And, and there's no reason why anything should be forming with the detail that it is formed in. And can people at home listen to this audio anywhere? Yes, on the Bent Light YouTube, it would be under the Moonlight session. You will be able to uh, see the Moonlight session. But uh, And it actually says in the title, Strange Growls, and you could hear him clear as day. I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to go back and check that out myself. Yeah, there's so many strange things that have happened. Amazing. And, of course, I did want to ask you a little bit about the whole UFO talk circuit sort of conference thing that goes on. I'm not sure if you've ever been to one as either a presenter or just as a spectator, but I've been to many, and I can't help but always feel very skeptical about some of the things being said at these conferences. And always in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, who is telling the truth here and who is just completely being disgenuous with the pain customers out there? The, the disclosure community is, um, for me, new to the disclosure community back in 2015. I, I've been learning my ins and outs, but there's so many different people talking about different things like you're describing. Um, I do not do any research into UFOs. I'm strictly on the scientific side of uh, communication technology, advanced quantum com- advanced quantum entanglement, quantum communication platforms, and communicating with extraterrestrials. So Uh, I deal only with the extraterrestrial part. You're on the outside then. Correct. Okay. It's it's just so strange to me because I'm in contact. I just met Steve Bassett. I met Alejandro Reyes and uh, Richard Dolan at AlienCon. And um, I discussed my work with them, and I gave them some 8x10s of the evidence along with other packets of information. And I have yet to hear back from them over a month. Wow. That's amazing that I'm, that they haven't responded back yet. No, I, and I'm in contact with them as well as uh, Grant Cameron. Um, there's many people in the disclosure community that I'm in contact with, and it seems like – no one will look into the information and whether I know it's a simple discovery. I I know that I'm new to the disclosure community, but I can tell you this. I have detected extraterrestrial messages in the visible light spectrum of our star. Now, every SETI researcher, SETI is the, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Every SETI researcher looking for messages of ET They're targeting distant stars. They're looking for star systems and and listening out. With quantum communication technology, you do not need to listen far away. You don't have to pick up on something at another star. 
you can look right at our own star and you could detect messages from other civilizations. So you could use our sun as a satellite to communicate with other civilizations in our universe. You know, one of the things I've noticed is the serious lack of abduction stories or cases rather. It seemed 20, 30 plus years ago or more, that's when they were much more prevalent. That's when these uh, stories were really uh, getting uh, rolling there. And I'm not sure if it's the lack of reporting or the fact that nobody wants to come forward. However, there's no shortage of sightings either. Those have been reported pretty often. If you go to your browser and just type in UFO sightings, you'll get so many different websites with different sightings that have been occurring. Um, what's your take on that, if you have an opinion, that is? Last December, if you remember, um, the New York Times broke the story, which was already pre-broke two years prior. It just didn't catch wind, but uh, of the Pentagon's UFO research. And, you know, our government has came forward with actual video of unexplained flying objects and has quote-unquote said there is no man-made human technology that can compare to what they were videotaping. So, I mean, they have came out and admitted that there's technology out there that, that is visiting our Earth. So, for all the other sightings as well, I've had sightings too, but I don't report my sightings. So, imagine how many people are out there having sightings that don't get reported. Oh, yeah. But if we were, if we were to just go by the ones that the government is actually coming clean with Ireland. There was just the air traffic control yes. where they, they seen these unexplained lights. Now, some were trying to write it off as meteors, but I don't believe that. I'm almost 100% positive that anyone flying a plane would know the difference between a meteorite or, or a shooting star and an unexplained flying craft. And what they've seen to them was unexplained or else they would have called in saying it was a meteor. So there's so many reports coming from actual people in the field that that we know for a fact, 100%, that we're being visited by extraterrestrials. Yes, and lots of talk about disclosure last year and this year, and one individual out there who was all over the media, for better or for worse, that was Mr. Tom DeLong. <laughs> yes, amazing. How, how do you feel about Tom DeLong, by the way? I've reached out to the to the stars. Did Academy. you? Did they yeah, respond? I, well, no, I've never heard back from them e via email. Um, I haven't heard back from Gaia either. Um, I, like I said, I send out emails all the time. I've sent out emails to Russia, China, United Kingdom. Like I'm putting this information out there because I know for a fact what I discovered, so I'm continuing to follow that. But with the To The Stars Academy, they have some other things coming out this year, but it's all drip, 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 which I don't understand. But, right, um, right. But he is, he is working with people in the Department of Defense who was working on the uh, actual UFO program. So the way they're trying to tease us with information, I don't understand that part. So it seems like they're still trying to work for profit. Well, I think that's exactly what they're doing. And I feel personally that there's so much information out there that I know that people have to make money. For example, I can't continue my research until I get funded. But 
And I know there is some profit once the evidence is confirmed by scientists. Yes, people are going to want these photographs because they're the first photographs of another civilization communicating with Earth, which is crazy. But when it comes to holding back information just so you can wait until you can pull as much profit as you can, that's where I draw the line. All my information is free. It's to the public. Anything I discover or find, I put out. So it's like if you were to have information, that information should just be put out. Understood. And before we put disclosure to bed here, many individuals out there have been making these extraordinary claims about Donald Trump bringing in some sort of disclosure. What do you initially think when you hear something like that relate to you, William? I deal with the scientific part, and what I just read is that the Trump administration had a uh, a meeting with the Congress about quantum entanglement and how China is uh, 20 years ahead of us when it comes to quantum communication and that the NSA, too, is falling behind, so they need money. And Congress just passed the bill. I think they're going to be spending uh, – I, I can't – you can't quote me on the price, but it's in the billions – well, I'm going to spending. I'm going to quote you now. Say again. I'm quoting you now. Yeah. Well, they're going to be spending <laughs> yes. in the billions um, with quantum research, and we have fallen behind. China has already developed quantum radars, so I know the Trump administration is working on quantum information, which we need to work on because that's how you communicate with extraterrestrials. But as far as releasing information about UFOs and what the government knows. If Donald Trump, the President Trump, has it, I imagine we would hear it. Understood. And I'm with you about China being the leaders in this sort of technology because they do have that quantum satellite that they did successfully launch. Where they were able to have video, um, where they are streaming a meeting via video. And what people don't understand is they're using the visible light frequency. They're using photons. And what they're able to do is encode data into a photon. And now that photon could be entangled with another photon on the satellite. So whatever data you put into one photon, the other photon, regardless of where it's at, as long as they're entangled, can read that information instantly. It's faster than light communication. And they're able to stream thousands of gigabytes a second. Yeah, that's incredible, really. Who would have known that technology would have come this far and this advanced? In such a short time. And this is where my issue is. Um, I'm dealing with the visible light frequency. Now, that technology, the government was using sunlight and satellites to encode data and reflect that data to Earth. In the 80s, I seen a patent by the U.S. Navy where they were modulating data into the sunlight using um, retro reflector. A modulating retroreflector. They modulate the data into the light, and then they bounce that light to Earth, where there's an optical retroreflector. And what that does is receive the modulated data and then processes it back into the digital data that it is. So the government has been using the visible light frequency since the 80s. Yes, that's a long time. So who knows what they truly have? Well, that's the issue. I discovered information in the visible light frequency range, but all the people that I reach out to, it's like they turn their yeah. back. Like, well, they just shut you out. Correct. Wow. When 
the government's using this technology. Um, the tech, the, what I don't understand, you can encode data in the visible light spectrum. I've detected information, images in the visible light spectrum. I don't understand how people and scientists can't look into this unless they're not allowed or afraid. Yeah, it's strange that they would sing you, single you out like that. But that's why I continue to do what I do, and I will continue. I'm going to bring back the experiment in January. I am going to put in the time that I need to put into, get some more evidence. But the evidence I've collected already is overwhelming. And with the visitations at the exact same time, it's it's almost preposterous that no one else on this planet is looking into visible light frequencies or looking for quantum entangled extraterrestrial messages. I do not understand. Right. And what exactly is the connection to dark matter and neutrinos? Neutrinos are like a ghost-like particle, and they're undetected. They have these facilities around the world trying to detect neutrinos. The sun produces neutrinos. It's like a neutrino factory. Now, we can produce these ghost-like particles on Earth, so we can produce neutrinos, but we can't detect or see them. Now, part of my research where I'm able to detect these unexplained images, there's a good possibility that these ghost-like particles are are coming to light through the digital photography. So if you're photographing a ghost, when you take a picture, you don't see anything with your naked eye, but that ghost leaves an imprint into the digital, just like an EVP, electronic voice phenomena, where you, you hear these audios, these strange sounds of someone trying to talk, but it, you didn't hear it with your own ear. This could be the same that said with the photography, where when I'm taking these digital photographs, it could be these entities could be forming with neutrino technology where you could use that as communication. Yeah, one odd thing that came to mind is in terms of artificial intelligence, even with a computer uh, of someone's like a laptop or any sort of computer, there are software, well, there is a software that you could use yourself and this sort of software I'm referring back to a guest. Uh, I can't exactly remember what the website was, but he had created his own sort of robot and it was, he was using artificial neutrinos and this thing would basically communicate with you. Kind of odd. It was very odd. I would like to read up on that. Yeah. I'll give you his, his uh, email. I have a feeling you should talk to this guy. I know scientists have yet to detect neutrinos. Now, I'm theorizing that neutrinos could be involved with my discovery. Now, I'm theorizing that. But what I do know is that I detected these objects, these entities in the visible light spectrum. Now, they have actually acknowledged being seen. So every time that you take these photographs, when they appear, they appear right side up. You don't have to turn the photograph or anything. They just appear right side up, and they're looking directly into the camera, so they're able to see through the light. In the one to two inch of sunlight, which is you're seeing in the photographs, you're you're staring at almost a billion photons because in, in one centimeter of sunlight, you have over a 100 million photons. So in my photographs, these objects 
are, are made up of a billion photons. The technology to entangle that many photons at one time is not here on Earth at this time. The most photons scientists can entangle to create an image is around 8 to 15 photons. By the way, one question I got here uh, through Twitter was an in- individual wanted to know what these entities were trying to relay to you, William. The one thing I can't do is speak in behalf of them. When I ask questions, they were able to answer um, with the light. And one question I asked them was, you know, how can I trust you? How can I believe in you? Like, how can I know this is why I'm getting visited? I'm getting a little scared at the time because I didn't know what I was tapping into. I wasn't ever into the extraterrestrial realm, but this is when I, I knew they were extraterrestrial when they started visiting me in the crafts. So... I asked a question and they, they answered me by, by showing me a stuffed animal that I had when I was young and, uh, it was a gremlin and I, from the movie Gremlins. So it's like they were able to know everything from, from the beginning of my life to where I am now. So that was early on. And then another message that I got. So, so far they're only showing themselves. So you have the human soul consciousness. You have non-physical and physical beings. You got the, the bald man that appeared in like five different photographs. Um, you have these advanced reptiles. They're brown with large gold eyes, reflective eyes. They have two nostril holes and an upside down mouth. They look like reptiles, like a advanced form of reptile. So I captured the first one in 2015. A year later, and in 2016, I captured the same species, and I had a guy in Saudi Arabia, outside of Saudi Arabia, in Oman, and he ran the experiment and sent me a photograph of the same exact gold reflective eye being, so he was able to communicate with them as well. So I found humans, non-physical and physical, and I found physical advanced reptiles. They're showing themselves, but I can't talk to them i can only photograph them so it seems that they're they're happy with just presenting themselves and letting us see and i believe that's the first step when it comes to contact you know you you don't want to just come down to earth and and just rummage around you you want to make some type of contact first you want to call ahead and say hey you know i'm coming down i'm coming over for dinner are you going to prepare dinner tonight you don't want to just show up out of the blue Especially with us humans, we're, we're pretty violent species. That's true. Very violent. And by the way, the whole human soul photograph, the first photograph that we were talking about, well, the one underneath the stereo there, uh, you labeled it as the human soul. That one looks like a, like a reptilian type humanoid. I've actually compared my face with that face and they line up perfectly. Are you serious? It's, so are you reptilian? It, no, well, there's a good possibility that could be my consciousness outside of my body oh. is what I came to. Well, that's actually possible, yes. Yeah. Who knows? And and by looking at the photo, now that it, to me is 100% human form, So, but it's non-physical, so there's no body meat. You're looking like, like an x-ray, an x-ray of a human energy, so it's just energy. There's no physical to that, so you're not looking at any meat, and bo- you're just looking at some energy bony like structure 
and you see the the nose, you got the mouth, you got the, the forehead, the skull, no hair, lips, shoulder blade. But the um the reptiles, they they actually look like turtles. They have the same the the same features as a turtle would have on Earth. Amazing. And do you feel there will be some sort of future mass sighting? Some guests that I've have interviewed here, they have made claims that there will be another mass sighting sort of event. I'm not sure if I'm almost positive if I discovered this. I didn't go to school for science. I I developed an experiment. I ran the experiment for two years. I came up with the evidence that I've came up with, and now I'm projecting the information that I've received. Now, if I did this, I'm almost 100% positive that our government has the ability to communicate with these entities. For 30 years, they've had this technology. So whether or not there's something that is keeping them from being here, I'm not exactly sure. I don't get into the speculation as far as what the government knows. I know they know this, but what I'm saying is we could have technology that is keeping them or keeping us away from them or vice versa. Right. Yeah, it's strange, though, if you look down through history and you look of different presidents and they also have had strange sightings in the sky and uh, even rumored President Truman had some sort of contact with ETs at some sort of base at the Edwards Air Force Base, if I recall the story. But, yeah, there is all this sort of strange sort of ET correlation within our government throughout history. The issue with UFOs is you can't grab it. Well, I mean... If you look at the the new video the documentary that just came out, uh, the bizarre. I'm not sure if you've seen that. I think I pronounced it right. The well, there's a new documentary where the government reverse engineered mm. the technology of UFOs. I see. And there was one of the men who worked on that. And you know, the one thing with UFOs you can't do is you can't unless the government has one. You know, you can photograph them in the sky, but you can't run experiments on it. And that's what makes it so difficult for us here on Earth to further ourselves with com- connecting to the extraterrestrials. You know, we can't be just focused on the UFO side. We need to be focused on the communication channel where we know we're being visited. So why don't we research all the different communication platforms that we could be using to make contact with them. I agree. Hopefully in due time we'll get some answers. We can't really rely on the government to provide that sort of thing when our own government can't take responsibility for their own faults, unfortunately. Right. The uh, the man that I was referring to was uh, Bob Lazar. Bob uh, Lazar. Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Yeah, there was yeah. a new documentary directed by uh, Jeremy Corbell. I haven't seen it myself, but I do know what you're referring to. Some people have told me about it. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but some people have left with that documentary feeling like it was a little bit lackluster, that they didn't really get any sort of uh, current information. And still, to this day, lots of people don't really buy into Bob Lazar's stories. 
and that's where we get back into the 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 UFO community. You know, you got a lot of people out discussing what they experienced 30 years ago exactly. or 20 years ago. Right. And, and and what it is is, you know, we need to be focused on the now, you know, being investigating new claims, also the technology, like I'm saying. We know we're being visited, so we need to, to look into different communication technology. There's so many different yes. realms. Also, too, like I said, now I have connected the paranormal realm with the extraterrestrial activity. They seem to be connected. So there's there's those two communities that need to merge. They need to come together and realize, you know, what we're experiencing with the extraterrestrial side is more paranormal as well. And the paranormal realm is connected to extraterrestrial activity. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And and going back to what you said about the UFO community, lots of them are stuck in the past. They're stuck in yesteryear with a lot of the cases that they talk about, especially in these um the uh talk conference uh scene, the UFO talk conference scene that circuit. It's a bunch of rehashed information that we've have heard I heard about for such a long time, and all this information is just rehashed, and a lot of these people profit off of it. And that's where I come into play. Now, I have contacted these same people with this information, and they ignore it and continue to promote themselves. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like banging on the door of the disclosure community. I'm banging on their door saying, hey, can someone look into this? Can someone look into this visible light frequency? And it's like everyone won't open the door. Now, December 3rd, I released the paper, which was messaged to me. And whenever I looked at it, it was a paper released from uh, NASA, one of the NASA scientists, uh, Sil- Silvano Colombiano. He released the paper, and the paper release date was on December 4th. I was able to post it December 3rd, and uh, someone sent it to me. I guess it was um, put on Fox News as well. So what what this computer scientist with NASA Ames Research Center is suggesting, he wrote a whole entire paper about extraterrestrial communication, technology, hypothesis, and stuff like that. And some of the conclusions and recommendations that he came up with is, one, engage physicists in what might be called speculative physics still grounded in our most solid theories but with some willingness to stretch the possibilities as to the nature of space time and energy therefore when when you come to the science community and say hey here is a claim they completely dismiss it without looking into it further which doesn't make sense at all yeah, there is a lot that goes into those peer-to-peer reviews that lots of individuals out there don't uh, take for consideration. Lots of money is exchanged, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the science community as well as as the, the disclosure community, you know, it, it's very upsetting being new to these areas and getting – it's not – well, yeah, pretty much just ignored completely when i have done all the information and research research behind what i discovered and, and what i'm telling you 
is that I have detected extraterrestrial messages in the visible light spectrum. I, I'm 100% certain of that. And, and if scientists do not look into it, that is the longer we're going to have to go without knowing the truth. You know, I'm not going to tell you what these entities are telling us because I don't talk to them. I can see them and I can show them. I can show you what I'm seeing because I'm seeing it and, cap and, and actually capturing it on film. So the longer we wait without investigating, the longer we're going to go without building a communication platform to talk to these beings. We're going to be able to have a live video feed. We're going to be able to have audio feed. So we're going to be able to see them and hear them at the exact same time. That is going to change the way we perceive reality because these beings are going to be able to tell us the truth. You know, who are we? Are, what what are we when we leave this earth? Our soul leaves our body. Where does it go? These entities and beings have every answer that we're looking for on earth. Amazing. And what would you say is the most meaningful aspect of all of this that you've taken away personally from these experiments? Despite the naysayers out there, what would that be? A feeling of truth and knowing. At this time, now I know, like, I'm 100% sure and certain. Now I know that our soul is nothing but technology, uh, you know, information. So when our soul leaves our body, it transforms into light. But that light is invisible. There, you're going back to the neutrinos, the ghost-like particles, or some type of other energy that we haven't discovered in physics. Isn't that now creepy, that, by the way, Will? Say again? Isn't that creepy? Not at all, because here we go. Ooh. Now, light is information, so now that light is traveling somewhere else. So it's going to bring back all your information to wherever you are in the universe or galaxy. So you could be physical in another galaxy or in another universe. You could upload your consciousness into a program. It could be beamed down using light. You could quantum entangle your, your consciousness and then you could be born here on earth. They even claim in the womb when, when the, uh, sperm enters the egg, there's a flash of light where it appears once the egg and sperm connect. That flash of light could be when consciousness is transferred. And once it's transferred, you then grow up. You know, some kids are able to remember past lives, but others can't. So you just grow up with like a blank slate. You get to experience a whole new reality. And then when you pass away, all that information is transferred back. Incredible. And we are coming to a close very soon here with the interview. But we were talking a little bit off air, well, before we got on the air, rather, and you told me you were going to go to a certain event. Can you mention that here? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're going to be spending the holiday season visiting family and stuff, and uh, what I was able to do is uh, get some tickets to see the Stephen Colbert show Thursday night in uh, New York off of Broadway. So it's going to be a very fun event. And what exactly... Well, I shouldn't say what exactly. I should say, how long have you been a fan of Stephen Colbert? Uh, since Hillary lost the election and Donald Trump became president. <laughs> really? You, you've been liking him that much? 
Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, everything has been pretty crazy lately as far as what's in the news and this and that. And I believe all of that news is what's keeping us back in the disclosure community as well. It was a major hit when uh, Podesto was working with uh, the ex-astronaut. Like, Hillary is also working on disclosure. You know, the one thing I don't get into is politics and religion. Yes. That's the one thing I've never gotten into. But I do like a good laugh. You know, and whatever will be, will be. Well, you can't so, really, you can't really go uh, throughout life without having a, a sense of humor and laughing at these sort of things that are going on. I find this to be extremely entertaining, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Donald Trump at all. I don't really support any president, to be completely blunt with you and the listeners out there. However, it's extremely entertaining to have someone like that uh, in office. I've always liked politics, but it's been a lot more fun since uh, he's been around, since Donald J. Trump has been around. I'll be completely honest. It's been a bit of a circus, a very entertaining circus. The problem with that circus is it's distracting from yes. what's going on behind the scenes. And Correct. the disclosure movement was moving. But as soon as all of this hit, you know, it's kind of fell off track. So I believe once the dust settles and the smoke clears... You know, once everything goes back to the way it was before, then you're going to see more information and possibly my discovery looked at on a higher level, you know, that's coming to the future. But I'm really looking forward to uh, being at the Stephen Colbert show Thursday night, and uh, they're going to be filming both Thursday night and Friday episode, and it's the last episode before Christmas. So I'm hoping that it'll be like a nice holiday special. So it's going to be cool. And you're going out there with um, a personal friend of yours. Yes, my wife. Okay, yeah, because you kept saying we, and I kept thinking, who's he talking about? Right, right, yeah, my wife and I, she's very supportive of my, my discovery as well. She doesn't understand it so somewhat. A lot of people, a lot of people listening to this right now, William, don't understand this. I'll, I gotta be honest with you. Well, if you visit, uh, myself on Facebook or you visit my website, there's information. You know, you could read some of the articles I wrote, my website at bentlights.com, or you can visit me on Facebook at bentlight. Just look for Albert Einstein and, uh, ask questions and I'll be there sure to answer. And oh, yes. what I'm trying to do is figure this information out on my own too. And I've done a lot of research into these visible light frequencies and this new quantum communication technology. And I have found that the government, NASA, the NSA, all these people, DARPA, all these people are using visible light frequencies. They're quantum entangling data with other data. They're encoding data into photons, and they're using visible light frequencies to send and receive data at over a 1,000 gigabytes a second. Now, I'm coming to the public saying I detected extraterrestrial messages in the visible light spectrum invisible light frequency now the government is using the visible light frequency but they're the only ones using this frequency no one else is and if you were to google it it's very difficult to find any data or information so once this technology becomes more and more public i believe people are going to refer back to my discovery and say hey wait a minute we should look into this and investigate my only mission here with you and with anyone that I'm speaking with right. is to get scientists to investigate. That's my mission. I cannot bring this to the level it needs to be at. And I'm, I'm coming to the people saying, hey, this is what I found. This needs to be looked at and, and seen by actual scientists. And I believe when scientists come and investigate, 
the entire method, they're going to conclude that the photographs that I'm presenting are the very first photographs of another civilization communicating with us on Earth. Understood, and I definitely appreciate your determination to get the information out there. That is a noble thing to do. And another question, Will, can the listeners at home do this sort of experiment themselves? Yes, and the instructions are actually on my website, the the last three articles. There's three articles referring to the discovery. Those three articles are on the website, and the very first article has the instructions on how you're able to do the experiment. It also shows you a photograph of my equipment that I'm using. That would be Contact with Extraterrestrial Life, The Untold Story. The the second article refers to quantum visible light communication in the non-physical realm. So it describes a little bit about quantum entanglement and how our non-physical realm could be capitalizing on this, our spirit, our soul, everything else. And then the, the third article, Has Contact with Extraterrestrial Life Been Established? That article refers to scientists rejecting the claims my claims, and then trying to claim that is pareidolia or optical caustics. This article puts out information how it can't be those two and disputes what they're trying to say and also has the evidence. It shows all the 15 of the most detailed photographs, and it has uh, links to the videos as well that are in there, but it has descriptions under the photographs as well. So I'm trying to put this information out as best as I can so that way people can understand it. All my contact information is on the website as well, so if anyone had any questions and they needed to get a hold of me, they could talk to me through there. Amazing. And of course, that's bentlights.com. And before I let you go here, I did want to ask you about extraterrestrials in film. Have you ever noticed how terrible movies on the subject are, Will? There are some that uh, I don't, I know the movie Arrival, that was a newer film that was pretty interesting. But yeah, Hollywood portrays extraterrestrials as, as being you know, the bad guy on on some occasion. But there are a lot of films out there. I can't think of them right now, but there are a lot of films out there that project the extraterrestrials as as positive entities as well. So I guess that would have to be back and forth. And I I feel as time progresses that you're going to see more of a a positive outlook on on extraterrestrials um, and what they refer to as aliens. Uh, I'm almost positive that in the near future, there was the movie Paul. That was a comedy with a little alien. You liked that one. Yeah, that was hilarious. And there was just a (laughs) commercial. There was just a commercial that I posted on my personal page with a a little alien in the, in a cornfield. And he's like, he was talking about, did you know aliens exist? It's hilarious. And then like a helicopter comes up and spotlights him. And he's like, um, He's like, you'll never catch me alive, mother trucker. <laughs> like, it, it's just funny, man. So I'm, I'm seeing in the future more positive outlook as far as these beings. But you have people out there who paint a negative picture as well in the disclosure community. And you have people talking about species, how many species there are. Uh, you got Corey Good and David Wilcock. They have this whole elaborated story that they discuss. You know, and the main thing is for anyone who's listening is, you know, 
in order to get to the truth, you have to follow the evidence. So you got to lay out a whole trail of physical evidence. You follow that evidence, you'll find the truth. Incredible. And by the way, the movie Signs was probably one of the last ones that was actually really good. That was probably, you know, I, I imagine I watched that video um, over 50 times it's a within one year. Great movie. Very good movie. I actually saw that in theaters. Yeah, I remember I had it on DVD, and I'm surprised I had a DVD player at that time. I didn't have cable TV until I turned almost 28. No kidding. Why is that? Well, I was traveling a lot. I'm, we didn't have cable growing up. Some of my friends had cable, but I grew up on a farm. And uh, I moved out of my house when I was 15, and I basically bounced around. And uh, Good Lord. I just traveled. Since you were 15. I, I, you should have told me that in the beginning of the show. Yeah. Holy and, uh, shit. I, I once took a, I, I once went from Florida. When I first left Florida, I had one dollar to my name and a bus ticket. Went straight to Manhattan. Oh my God. Yep. And I ended up in Long Island. So. Wow. So you, you just went out there with no money and you somehow survived. Yeah. That's twice I did that. And, um. Wow. You know, that's that's life. I was able to when I got to Manhattan, I transferred from there in Penn Station. I got on a subway or a train. I ended up in Jamaica, and then from there, Jamaica Station. Uh, the last stop on the train I was on was uh, Port Jefferson. How did you survive? Even the chat room wants to know. Yeah, well, there was. Uh, I just walk around town. I got to know some people. They had. Uh, this is like. 12 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, I got to know people. Um, they had a little homeless shelter there called Pax Christie's, and uh, I was able to get put up there for a couple of weeks. Um, I hung out downtown. I met some people. I got a job painting, and then from there, I started renting rooms after I caught a job. And, you know, from there, I just kept moving my way up, up, and up. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Now I now I own a house, a truck, wife. Doing pretty good for yourself there, Will. Yeah, I can't complain. I just, you know, ever since 2015 when I made this discovery, my whole life has changed. And and now I have to focus more on putting this information out there. And I'm just really shocked that no one has came to investigate. It's just very strange. Yeah, that is very strange, especially... With the data that you have presented, I would at least expect someone out there to sort of go through some of it and at least detail some of the specifics where they believe you're wrong. At least give you that, you know, that sort of yeah, validation. That that has not been done yet, not by a scientist or anyone that I can think of. You know, they have claimed they they just they dismiss it instantly or just say it's nothing but pareidolia, it's nothing but this. Now, whenever they say pareidolia. How can you say that when we know for a fact that information can be encoded in the visible light frequency? So just that reason alone, it should be investigated further, closer. Correct. You can even bring up Wi-Fi signals as an example of, of things that are not seen by the visible eye. Well, and look at this, man. Radio waves. How freaky that is too. that? You have this massive wave of information all throughout the air. And you collect it on this little bowl, and it bends it or f pushes it back up towards the receiver and processes it into data. 
like just imagining how that works is, is just it, it bizarre. Seems like alien technology. It really does. And if in case uh, an EMP goes off, we are completely screwed in terms of technology and how things work. I wouldn't know how to do any of these things. Some people know how to put a radio together somehow. I don't exactly know how some people could do it, but I would be dead right away. And technology well, will fail us eventually. All the more reason to learn how to use the sun to communicate. That's true. Good point there. William, I'd like to thank you once again for spending your evening here with all of us. I had a great time discussing this with you, and I look forward to going back to your website and doing further reading and, of course, trying this experiment myself. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Michael, and, um, you know, I appreciate your platform. I, I'm happy to, to answer anyone's questions if they need to message me or if they have any questions whatsoever. And there is a lot of information, so it's not something you could probably process in one day, but definitely if anyone has the time, look into it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's something new. It's something different, but I can promise you this technology is not new it's just kept top secret. That's William Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen, and his website is bentlights.com, bentlights.com, William Lawrence. And before I let you go, are there any final words, William, that you'd like to relay to the audience out there? Well, the main thing is this, and like I said it already on the show, you know, in order to find the truth, you have to follow the evidence. So there's a lot of people out there talking about personal experiences and this and that. I'm not claiming that those aren't important, but what I'm saying is here is physical evidence. Here is a scientific proof that we're not alone. It's a communication platform. So the best thing to do is investigate. Find people, look at the photographs, show your friends the photographs, see what they say, and, and just know that there is actual science behind this. Incredible. Once again, thank you so much for being here tonight, and I'll definitely see you on the other side, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Have a have a wonderful night. You too. Take care. All right. right, Bye-bye. And when I return, ladies and gentlemen, from this break, another soul joins us here live. Bobby Blades will be here. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So glad to see some of you still out there. And of course, another soul joins us here live. Let's bring him in. Bobby, is that you? Yes, I'm right here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, thanks. It's good to be here. Yes, how are you? Have you been listening this entire time? Yes, I have. Oh, boy. <laughs> what did you think of that? Uh, that was different than I expected. It was quite the ride. That was a fun uh, a fun interview there, right? Yeah. Although it, it, a lot of parts left me scratching my head, you know, but that's not very difficult with me. <laughs> well... I'm glad you're here, and of course, I'm glad everyone is still out there listening to the program. 
And, of course, I must say, this is the time of the year for most Americans out there, the most depressing time of the year for most American citizens. And I tend to believe that. Do you feel yeah, that way? it is. It is, right? Yep. A lot of people all I... down and sad. And, by the way, Bobby, I forgot to even say this. I want to thank you so much for being here tonight and spending your time with me this evening. I know it's Bobby, not... I know it's not very easy, especially since you're out in the East Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah, but so it's you're late. welcome. Um, thanks for inviting me on the show. That was really cool. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. And you yourself are a host. You have your own program. Yes. The Inhuman Experience podcast with uh, my fellow Inhuman Bobby Anthem. Um, and we search for the truth in our own special kind of way. Yeah, and where is he at right now? Uh, he's probably sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, he's probably in bed, right? Yeah. Amazing. And, of course, lots of different people out there enjoy your program, actually. Someone randomly mentioned your show to me. Oh, really? When was this? This might have been yesterday, actually. Was it when we were all chatting on uh, Skype? No, actually, it happened right after. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah, I don't, ex- I don't even know who it was exactly, but someone mentioned your show. They mentioned huh. it over at Twitter. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad people are talking about it. Oh, yes. And, of course, if Neil is out there, you are definitely welcome to be on and uh, talk with me here tonight. Uh, for those that don't know Neil out there, he, he's been trying to get in here and uh, talk a little bit. So definitely want to invite him not to be shy and to jump in here if he gets the chance to. Definitely want to talk to him. And, of course, uh Bobby, you've kind of found this program kind of randomly, right? Um, Yeah, I was listening to The Corner uh, with Yuck that episode a couple of weeks ago, and he had you on there. And <laughs> the first time I heard you, I thought you were a robot. That's that's interesting that you say that because um the rapper Necro – he was complimenting me about that, thinking that I was a robot. And he thought it was incredible. And I, I feel the same way. And Neil, there you are. What's going on? Hey man, I was listening to that guy talk. It was uh it was pretty amazing. Um Amazing. The government yeah, the government's already doing that though. A lot of these secret things like the scientific research I'm doing, uh they've probably already been doing it, you know. Um so, uh, but I could see, I, I like to help that guy because I could see right. the invisible dimension. I don't need, at night, I don't even need night vision goggles, you know. You don't um, need that. The metrics, huh? I said you don't need that. I could see, I could, no, I don't. I could actually see, uh, the invisible spectrum without any, uh, aid of, uh, night vision goggles, um, you know. You could see it with the naked eye. I could see it. Yeah, I could see them in the trees, you know, like, you ever seen that movie Predator? Of course. How you could half see, you could half see them and you half don't? Well, we all could see these things because I've been talking to some people on Facebook and they said they could see these photographs, you know, like the photographs that people take. You could actually see them in photograph and the photograph actually helps you see it more better, you know, uh, but, uh, like the cloud people, uh, when I started doing my research, 
these beings that live in the clouds, you could have telepathy with them. Wait a minute, know. wait a minute. What what people in the clouds? Oh, you don't know about them? I don't. Tell me. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy but, shit. Tell me about that. Well, well, you have to look for their eyes. They're kind of like a face dimension. Sometimes you can see their whole body. Uh, when you see their eyes, their nose, and their mouth, you have to watch the mouth start moving. And you kind of try, you got to try like to uh, use your telepathy. And you can actually hear them and, uh, you know, talking. I had no you know, idea. It could be 100 miles away. It could be all the way to the north. You could be looking as far as to the north and see the clouds, and they could be talking. And see, that's how I've been finding out my information about what's really going on, you know? Oh, yes. That is interesting. I had no idea. And you even, you didn't even have an idea what? that I did program here either. No, I was just calling you to just talk to you. you know? <laughs> I didn't. Even, I didn't even know you was a radio host, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting on the scene. Uh, I decided to go ahead and do my uh my research, and on Twitter, I just got on Twitter about three weeks ago or something, because the government has disclosed a lot of things, like uh the invisible spectrum. Like, I'm going to give you two things of technology I saw. I saw an electromagnetic dome over Salt Lake City. Um, and you have to learn how to use your peripheral vision. And then they had another thing. I was uh, researching the northern boundary about two years ago, and it's when the sun goes all the way to the north. Like, if you're on the coastline, you're watching the sun go all the way north, and then it stops for three days, and then it goes back, like the summer solstice. Yes. And then it starts going back. Well, I was researching that, and I started looking on the beach, like, further in the woods, and I saw this uh, cube. It was, like, four stories high and four stories wide, you know, a perfect cube, you know, and it was invisible. It didn't have no windows, um, nothing. I just could see it, you know. Incredible. And, by the way, where, but, are, you, where, where are you from, Neil? I'm from Louisiana, but I moved to California to do research, you know, all over, you know, because I was interested in aliens, too, you know. You came out here to research aliens. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. Well, I actually had to, well, I had, actually had to leave Louisiana because I ran into the uh, Antichrist dude or anti-human. He's part of the moon. Um, Good Lord. I don't know if you've been reading some of my – see, the moon, the aliens on the moon, it's a war planet. It's not a moon, you know. Y'all have been taught all by science, uh, you know, as religion too. You got to deprogram yourself with all that stuff. Well, I agree with the you on that. It's not a moon. It's a pl- it's a planet. It's a planet, you, know? you say. And yeah, well, the war. See, I kind of remembered a lot of things because I'm part of the uh, reconstruction. If you take over a world, they put you in the stone ages and start all over again, and that's what they did to the earth. They took all knowledge from the earth. And took the uh, men or whatever, and and they put them, enslaved them on the moon to make their spaceships and all that. And uh, they just, you know, it's like we're like cattle to them, you know. Bobby, how do you feel about that? Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing anything like this, uh, but it sounds a lot like the Anunnaki stories that I've been reading about now, um, in the you know the ancient aliens and stuff like that. Yeah, John Lear used to. Well, actually, yeah, we I lost, couldn't say he used to. He still does talk about. We lost, we lost the war. 
he still talks about a civilization on the moon, that John Lear. Oh. Yeah, he talks so this, a lot about this. Is this like the same thing, um, like I was hearing a few years ago, there was something about, like, there was a nuclear war that happened on Mars, and supposedly all those people, or whatever they were, transferred over to the planet Earth and then colonized it. And th- this was like thousands of years ago. Doctor, so uh, yeah, Doctor Doctor John Brandenburg talks a lot about that. The civilization on Mars that was wiped out due to some sort of nuclear uh, impact there on Mars. I'm not exactly sure how valid that is, but that's the information yeah, that he puts out there. That's true. That's true. That's a lot of truth. Uh, another thing is they did something to Venus. All right, they took a planet. I heard someone talking about this too. You take another planet, a war planet, or a spaceship. And they rammed it into Venus. Venus used to be in the green zone with the Earth. And what they did is they flipped it over and pushed it toward the sun to burn them all up, you know, to destroy. That's how they destroyed Venus. And they did the other thing with uh, Mars. They nuked it. So, but they kept the Earth, you know, a slave planet. They destroyed both Mars and Venus. You see what I'm saying? Right. And how long have you been interested in all these sort of topics neil well ever since i found out about my mother i was 43 and i left my wife i said i gotta find god now you know and uh the kids were grown and the first day i went to look in my baby book and i saw my mother's death she was born on the 27th died on the 27th and she was 27 years old when she died and she was uh she died on the seventh month 27 of 67 now that's a lot of sevens and 43 years old that's a seven so I looked at that as this is the message to me to wake up. So that's when I started doing research and all the science, the science stuff. See, if you if you run it into the, uh, another planet and flip it over, it's going to start spinning the opposite way. Do you know Venus is spinning the opposite way? I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Hey, look it up. You can see the bulge, too. They had a, uh, when I saw the picture of the bulge that's on Venus, it looks like another planet is like hitting one third of it, you know, of the, uh, Venus, right? And you can see that big bulge. Uh, but check it out, man. That's the evidence right there. Yeah, I'd definitely know? do that. That's got me wondering what, uh, flipped it over. what, what, what kind of technology did they use to flip it over? Well, they, it, see, war planets are war planets. See, some planets are more dense, okay? Imagine if the Earth is rocky because when they killed all the dinosaurs and the humans. Uh, I'm in the desert right now. I see all these dead humans all over the place. You can see their nose, their chin, and everything. Well, if a planet is less dense, or it could be a spaceship, you know, because you could make a planet out of a spaceship. So if it's less dense, you could actually push against another one with a thruster, you know, a lot of thruster, uh, technology and just push it what you have to do is they had to do is flip it over first and then push it toward the sun to just burn up everybody you see what i'm saying that's the technology and you know that planet between venus and uh no not venus uh mars and jupiter the asteroid belt that used to be a planet they blew it up yeah some say that's how the earth was formed in a sort of Certain type of no, scenario. No, it wasn't formed. No, no see, it, that's wasn't formed. it wasn't formed like that. You don't think so? What happens is they destroyed the planet. No, uh, if you look in uh, all the NASA stuff, 
the Earth, this uh, the asteroid belt is the only asteroid belt that exists. Okay, you could blow up a planet. You could take two starships, shoot north and south pole, and the, this Earth would blow up. Boom, you know, because the reactor inside the Earth would overheat and it would just blow up like a nuclear bomb, like you know. So that's what they did. They they uh did that to Venus. They 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 blew up you know they used nuclear war on uh, Mars and then they blew up that other planet. Incredible. Yeah, man. <laughs> Incredible, know, really. Real stuff. And you know what? Uh, but I'm surprised no one ever been telling y'all that, man. It's like golly, this is like ABCs, you know. I'm a scientist, bro. I mean. Uh, but I'm a, I do remote viewing and all kinds of other th- science stuff. And, uh, you know, every hundred years, the scientist that's before us is going to be wrong because our technology is going to prove that they were wrong. You see what I'm saying? Right. Understood. And uh, by the way, I, I did want you to perhaps say a few final words here before we let you go, Neil. Okay. Well, I'm really worried, I'm really worried about World War III. China, you know, I'm living out in the desert. A lot of people need to move out to big cities because I don't know if they're going to try to destroy the military bases or Air Force bases first or any, because, uh, China and, and, uh, they're really crazy people. I mean, they're worse than Hitler. I mean, uh, and Russia, you know, it's going to happen, you know, I could see it ha- gonna happen soon and I hate for this to happen, but the world leaders that take control of, you know, it's the free world against the communists. It's know, interesting that you mentioned that. It's, it's not a good situation. Lots of people are currently well, it's about on the edge. Yeah. You think it's going down for sure? Yeah, cause one time uh, I had a vision that, uh, the, sh- the first shuttle that blew up when it was taken off, I had a vision of it and it happened. You know, and I told like eight people and we was in this room and they wanted me to sit down and watch it. I says, I'm not watching this, man. It's going to freaking blow up, you know. <laughs> and uh, and when it happened, it, we was watching it go up and it blew up and all eight people turned around and looked at me. And I was like, that was like, you know, when you got all the people turning around and saying, oh, crap, you was telling the truth. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? You know. If I call the, you know, and tell everybody this is going to happen, y'all not going to listen to me anyway. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? Amazing. I do. And Neil, thank you. Yes. Neil, I do want to thank you for, for hanging out here. And I hope you definitely listen to the rest of the program this evening here. Oh, I will. I will. I, I was, uh, maybe I could be on the show again later. Oh, of you course. Know, and I know you're talking to this one guy. And I, I like to listen to him too. You know? Amazing, yes. So, Neil. But you have a good yeah, night, man. man. Thank you. Thank you for the call here. All right, Neil. Take care. Okay. And there goes Neil. What do you think about that, Bobby? Oh, that that was definitely interesting. He came in hot, right? Yeah, he just rapid fire. He came in hot, and I appreciate that, though. It wasn't a dull moment in there at all. He came oh. in here and uh, <laughs> shook it up there. Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes. You got to shake that tree. Indeed, I really like that. I like the energy. Definitely want him to call back. And, of course, so much to get into here tonight on the second half of the program. This is kind of where we let our proverbial hair down, per se. 
And one of the things that I did want to mention to you, Bobby, was the fact that this sort of sexual allegations sort of theme has been running around since, what, late 2016, 17, now 18 here. These sort of things have been swirling around in the media. The entire yep. sexual allegations that have left many paranoid, even the ones who have never done anything in their entire lives, even they <laughs> are goddamn paranoid. And, of course, recently we saw Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's facing allegations himself. Personally, I don't know if he's guilty or not. I suspect him to be a bit of a cornball. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, what's your take on this? Oh, man. Honestly, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> no. No opinion? Really, um, no, I do have an opinion. I, I think, um, like what I was explaining to you yesterday, where people get accused and that whole Me Too movement, and it kind of just takes off and garners a life of its own almost, and there's just people making accusations if uh, somebody looks at them the wrong way. I got some complaints, man. A couple couple days back over the, the last episode when I was talking about the war on men, a couple of women actually oh, yes. a couple of women actually emailed me very upset with me. Okay. Cool. I didn't I didn't make a big deal about it, but now I am. Uh yeah, several emails came in and I kept thinking I wasn't talking about your personal situation Everyone's situation is very different. I'm not accusing you or calling you a liar. I'm talking about these specific cases in which there is some sort of case where there's the motive is purely for political gain and not for any sort of factual truth of the matter. That's what I'm talking about. I wasn't specifically talking about you ladies out there. No, but a lot of them were projecting in these emails to me, and I thought, wow, I didn't know I was going to offend that many of you out there. No, it's not that hard. It, it really isn't. It really isn't, but it's the fact of the matter that there really is a war on men in this country. And some of these things with some of these women, <clears throat> I, I think, are truthful and factual. And that is a segue right now for what's going on with another actress who I think was written off of that CBS show Bull, which I don't, I don't watch. I couldn't care less, but there's a woman by the name of, uh, Eliza Dushko. Do you, do you remember her? Oh yes. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, uh, Dollhouse. Right. Yes. Gorgeous woman. And I always thought to myself, this woman right here, she's going to be all over the place in a few years. She's going to be like this top talent. And we didn't really see her career take off that way. No. I, I kind of uh, wonder why Like now. right after her work with Joss Whedon and Dollhouse, we really hadn't seen too much. Uh, she did that show where she could relive the lives of people who were recently deceased and like solve their murders. I can't remember the name she of it. She took on a bunch of weird roles, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just but always pictured her. other than that, she just kind of faded. Mm-hmm. I always pictured her coming out on like those bigger... Uh, roles in films it just never happened for her yeah and you you think that was uh part of it like the allegations and everything i don't know if it was from that but perhaps it stems from maybe she didn't want to sleep with a certain someone i don't know who knows right <laughs> you know how that That's goes true. oh yeah but apparently this program bull that she's on uh, there is a guy named oh, i'm forgetting his first name here but he's one of the co-stars or maybe he's the main star. I don't, I don't even know. 
but apparently they made some some a rape joke i think i i should pull up that that article now but yeah apparently there was some sort of rape joke that he said in front of the cast and the crew and apparently he said something about wanting to bend her over his leg and spank her oh shit yeah wow, okay yeah well i mean now as a heterosexual man i can sort of understand but i mean completely inappropriate place to be making such comments especially in front of her and everyone else and i'm not someone who is filtered in any way but even myself i, I wouldn't be making those sort of comments at all well no there's a time and a place for everything yeah i mean that's a little too far <laughs> i mean i i get it sort of but uh, he he kind of carried on he even i guess there was another incident on the set where she held up three fingers Apparently, that's how the article went, and I believe his last name is Weatherly. He suggested she wanted a threesome with him and another male cast member. Okay, that's so interesting. He was getting down, right? Just balls out. Yeah. He was uh -oh. just balls out there. See, I'm not up to date on these uh, finger codes, so if you hold up three fingers, that means you got a threesome? Apparently, according to this guy, Michael Weatherly, yeah. That's his name, Michael Weatherly. That's pretty damn interesting there. I'm going to have to try that sometime. Yeah, there's some people that defend him, though. So we'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see what do you what think about uh, when we were talking about a little bit about Predator and Predator, uh, the newest yeah. Predator film, Olivia Munch, where she refused uh, to film a scene with a sex offender who was in that film. Uh, I recall there that. There was a lot of controversy over that. Yeah, I recall that. That's weird, man. That's dark. Yeah. It it just seems like uh I don't know, Hollywood is Hollywood's getting their getting their fair share. It really is. It's an unusual thing. And of course there was that one guy, the director of the movie Powder. I think he had raped a boy uh, who during, was, oh, during the movie. Like on the film set there around there. Who was the producer of that? Or director? I think his his first name's Victor. Victor Salva? Oh, the guy, uh, the guy who did, uh, Jeepers Creepers. Name? Yeah, that dude. He's the guy that did Powder. Okay. That movie was pretty badass, I must say, even though I would, I would <laughs> normally never watch some kind of bullshit like that, my friend. But that movie was pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> some bullshit like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking it was M. Night Sh uh, Shyamalan, whatever his name is. <laughs> Oh. I was like, didn't he do powder? Lordy. I don't, that was so long ago. Uh, yeah, that was 95, man. Yeah. Another movie I saw in theater. Sometimes I say theaters because I did actually see um, the same movie in two separate theaters, actually. Not uncommon down here when we had these um, movie theaters. We had these two nice old school ones, and they tore them down. Well, they tore one down, and it was a very nice old school movie theater. Very cool. Uh, we had one Sad. and it got changed into a center for arts. Mm, well, it, it could have just been torn down completely. At least they salvaged the building. Yeah. That's the nice thing. Uh, and, of course, there's so much going on in the news, so much to choose from. And I did want to mention a story that comes from our friends over in the 305 now, this wouldn't be a program without news from our friends in Florida. And oddly enough, the guest we talked to uh, basically grew up in Florida. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, it's strange. I talk about Florida so much, 
because Florida seems to really bring out, I wouldn't say the best in people, but I do want to say that in a way because Florida <laughs> keeps giving me all this gold, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, you never at want for ammunition. No, Florida's amazing. I really do appreciate Florida completely now. It's really helped my program. Oh, oh yeah, like this next story here. Uh, this teacher in Florida, apparently she was expressing her love for a 13-year-old student via text messages, uh, Andrea Jimenez, 47 years old, my friend. Well, now, <laughs> isn't that just a sign of the times there? My God. And I looked her up, you know, I saw her photograph, and, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in there, you know. No, I was just going to ask you she's, if she's hot. Oof, no, she's awful. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Over, yeah. over the summer, apparently she became aggressively romantic with the boy on social media platforms, apparently. Wow. This crazy bitch told them, I will go to hell for you, die for you, stop eating to feed you. My love for Jesus you is Christ. so real and huge. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, right? Yeah. She, there's definitely something wrong with her brain. This woman oh. is screwed up. Yeah. She she should not be teaching anybody. No. Far away from children. And when I was going to school back in, you know, middle school, it wasn't until like maybe high school where you would occasionally have like a hot, uh, PE teacher. Yes, I was just going to talk about that. That was the like, only, that was the only one. The phys physical education uh, teacher that would also, all the time, for some odd reason, these PE teachers would also be the coach to like a softball team or, you know, something along those lines for some odd reason, and it was always like that. It was always the PE teacher, and all the other teachers were always these really disgusting type of um, women, especially the art teachers that I, I would have. They're, they were always drunk. Some of them even, <laughs> one of them drank in class. I'm not even kidding you. That's a fact. Not That's not a lie. Wow. Okay. Holy it's a very, shit. very liberal school there. It really wasn't. It's actually very conservative down here still, but this crazy broad, she would be drinking. She would have those little, those little bottles and, and she would have a little fridge in the back. And it wasn't until very much later on in life that I would know what those little bottles were, were clanking around there in that fridge. <laughs> she brought herself some nips to class. She did. She was drinking the hard stuff, my friend, and it explains why she would be falling asleep in class. <laughs> Being tore up, but then again, Shit. but then again, if you were a teacher and you were teaching like seventh and eighth grade students, yeah, you know, you probably want to be drinking too, right? Yeah, definitely, Good especially Lord. in the early nineties, because that's when school started to get pretty bad. Right, this was around ninety nine, perhaps ninety eight. I have to okay. say. Yeah, so you you definitely recall right? You definitely recall that right? Seeing all these really disgusting women that you didn't even want to even contemplate even having anything romantic with them. Jesus Christ. Right. There was just, uh, in high school, there was this one math teacher, extremely hot. Um, and yeah, as a kid, I used to fantasize about her, but, uh, even our PE teachers looked ridiculously terrible. It, it was like they, they were men dressed as women. It was oh. really bad. Terrible. Yes awful and nowadays that's just completely different there's actually been some very decent looking women 
who later on get caught up in all this sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to go back in time and make <laughs> myself a student again. You want to you want to enroll? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to enroll in her class. By the way, Bobby, what makes you think this sort of behavior is so prevalent uh, here in America? Why why do we see this sort of repetition with with these teachers? Why the hell? Why are they banging the students? Well, I think it's always happened. It's just it it's always been swept under the rug because, you know, it's a it's a different era now. A lot of things are coming to the light and a lot more things are being embraced. Um, and so people think it's OK for that kind of thing now. Yeah, it's it's they think it's the new normal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's just my two cents on it. I don't know if I'm right, but it almost seems that. Yeah, it almost seems that way, man. It, it's like every other few days there's another story of a teacher sleeping with a student yeah it's uh i don't know it's just it seems like the the social values and everything have gone completely awry where it's like okay it's okay to sleep with uh 13 or 14 year old kids that their minds haven't even fully developed yet and it's like you got to wonder what the fuck is going on in these people's heads that all of a sudden you know they're they're thinking it's okay to do that shit yeah, I, I don't know, man. I really don't understand what goes through some of these uh, women and, and men, too. Yeah. But what I noticed is they don't really go after the women as hard as they do for the men that do these sort of things. Well, do you remember, I don't know which comedian it was, but there was a joke where um, if a if a male teacher assaulted a woman or a female student, then uh or proposition a female student then it would not be okay but if uh if a female teacher propositioned a male student the father would be like what the fuck is wrong with you boy why didn't you go and tap that ass you know there there was a joke in there somewhere i'm just no good at telling them <laughs> i understood i think i might have heard that joke though <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh, i've heard so that so it's before. kind of a double standard in this society yeah, that's true. It's another double standard and speaking of comedians uh, Artie Lang Another comedian who's been making the headlines all over the place on Fox, on Newsweek, so forth and so forth. Uh, Artie Lang, have you seen him? Uh, did, did oh he blow himself God. up or? You know, you know what Artie Lang, that? right? Yeah, he was doing coke or some shit happened. He snorted something, right? Yeah, he's, man, his nose looks so yeah. awful. It's awful. It's just, you know, I really like Artie Lang. Very much. He's one of the funniest comedians out there. He is. He's funny as hell. Great on the Howard Stern show. He was also pretty damn funny on the Artie and Anthony show. He was doing a program with Anthony Cumia. I'm not sure oh, if you're... I don't think I caught that. Oh, that there was some great interviews there, especially the Chris Hansen interview. Uh, Artie Lang was there, and he made it pretty damn entertaining and made... Uh, Chris, ha Chris Hansen, very nervous at times. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, dropping some pretty funny um, jokes there. Got to check that out if you ever get a chance. Oh, definitely. Is it on YouTube? Mm, that clip, I'm not quite sure. Oh, okay. But it's good. He was... Uh... Now, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> was he on Mad TV or was he on something else? Yeah, he was on Mad TV and uh, the Howard Stern Show, and he came out on a few other movies. Okay. But yeah, his nose, if you see his nose, holy shit. Yeah, it does look pretty bad. I thought he was caught in an explosion. Well, his nose did explode. <laughs> and uh, uh what did he snort? I know it wasn't coke. 
I, well, the thing is, he's been doing cocaine and snorting heroin for such a long time. But apparently, many, many years ago, he the story goes that he had snorted glass when trying to suck up smashed oxycodone, or oxycontin, oh, okay. rather, rather. And, uh, yeah, it left him with no septum, if I recall correctly. Wow, that that's article disturbing. Up, yeah, pulling up this uh, article up now. Yeah, this is from Newsweek, by the way. But apparently, he was supposed to um, show up to court clean from drugs. And did he show up clean, Bobby? What do you think? Uh, he showed up with a exploded face. <laughs> so you know he wasn't clean. <laughs> Absolutely not. Good Lord. He's the only person I know that shows up to court in a high. Well, with, with at least a, a day of coke in his system. <laughs> he's the only one who gets away with it oh shit I can't believe it if that was you or me we'd be thrown in jail man right away yeah we, we'd be rotting in the worst prison that they could ever come up with this guy avoided jail time by the way ladies and gentlemen despite testing positive for multiple drugs in his system <laughs> holy shit that Artie Lang yeah so what do you think? Like, if he pulled like a Harvey Weinstein or something, uh, would he would he go to jail or would he would he avoid the jail time altogether on that? Well, Artie, you know, it's he would probably walk away unscathed. Yeah, he he's got that charm. You think? Not the charm. He's just ha he just has that that much money oh, and a good man. lawyer. <laughs> oh yes. That's pretty fucking disturbing. That if you've got a sick amount of money, you can just get away with anything. That's how it goes, though, in life. When you have that yeah. certain amount of money, you could get away with literally anything. Just got to find the right lawyer. Just look at that O.J. Simpson. Get yourself a Johnny Cochran. Good Lord. And uh, speaking of uh, tragedies, look at that uh, Facebook bug that gave apps improper access to 6.8 million users' photos. Were you one of them, Bobby? I haven't had Facebook since 2013. You're a smart man. I have it yes. because of the program, but I don't post any photographs there because nothing that's posted online is sacred. That's right. That's why I will not post any photographs of myself on uh, Twitter or anywhere else. Yeah, you're smart. You probably shouldn't, especially now. All your information is read and used against you in a court of law. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's the... uh Securitron, that that old Fear Factory song. Are you waiting? Are, are you waiting to get me too anytime soon? Uh, absolutely not. I'm not either, but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to get some press here. Uh, I don't I don't want that kind of press, man. Well, any press is good, but of course that sort of yeah, of course not. But it may, I know that controversy may, creates cash. It make it may for a fun story to uh, clear myself up though and have everyone laugh. <laughs> I know that much. So, by the way, uh, I know you're all about um, free speech and all that sort of all that sort of jazz. Uh, there was a recent article about Vladimir Putin making moves to control rap music out there in Russia. How do you feel about that, Bobby? Does that does that um, protrude you? It depends on what kind of rap music it is. If it's that Takashi Six Nine mumble rap shit, oh then, boy, he uh, should be monitored. But you know. If it's that golden age hip hop stuff, then I say leave it the fuck alone. Apparently, he said something about it being about sex, drugs, and protest out there in Russia. Sex, drug, and protest. They do have a lot of uh, political themed rappers out there. 
for those that don't know, rap is actually pretty popular out there. Lots of battle rappers out there, too, for those that don't know. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. They're all into that out there. It's pretty weird. The, the world, they're into all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Like, I was watching a documentary uh, about five years ago about there was this kind of neo-Nazi group out of Russia, and they were trying to get um, everybody who wasn't born in Russia out of there. Like, they would beat the shit out of them or stab them and do, do some crazy shit. Good and Lord. I'm just like, wow, you really do not like people coming to your country. Okay. Yes, and Bobby, of course, I do want your opinion on the political spectrum, even though I know you don't really like politics. But I, I definitely want your opinion on Donald J. Trump, the um, the the pro wrestler who was elected to be the president. In my opinion, he kind of kind of stole that that gimmick and that model. In my opinion, to get over on the American people. Yes, he he put himself over. He put himself time. over, and I'm not saying in a, in in a bad way. Uh, you know, I actually got into this off air before with people saying, oh, he's an idiot, he's stupid, he's this. And I thought, you definitely need some intelligence to go over and get over and to make your way onto that sort of platform requires some bit of intelligence. So you can't exactly say that. You sound silly. Yeah. Um, in regards of being in the office of the president, I will say he's an idiot. Well, that I can, um, I can agree with you on that sort of thing, yes. But he does know his, he, he knows how to get himself, uh, over. Like yeah. we were talking about. That's smart though. He's always, he was always on TV. His name is mentioned every single day. He's all over Twitter. Uh, he's all over the news. So people do not forget him. His name is always on their lips constantly. He's doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't fault him so, on that though. <laughs> got to respect him to a certain degree. Yeah, got to respect the hustle. I, I don't like him. I don't approve of, you know, actually, I don't approve of any politician, but no, I just don't not. see the purpose of him being in the White House. But That's isn't that ridiculous. isn't that amazing how there's so many individuals out there in this country that blindly follow everyone in anything without yeah. doing any kind of discernment whatsoever? And it just makes me wonder why a lot of people don't think like I do, but I but that's me being like self-absorbed there. Um, just it's insane to me when I see all that and they're like taking a hook, line and sinker. And I'm just thinking to myself, why don't you just stop and listen for a moment and, you know, discern like you were saying. Some people are just incapable of doing that, I guess. I don't know if it's capability. I think it's uh convenience and comfort. It's much easier to have you, to have somebody tell you what to do than it is to for you to take responsibility for your own actions. Or tell you what to think. Yeah. I guess some people like being told what to think. Oh, they do. I've I seen think it. so. It certainly feels that way. It certainly does feel that way. And by the way, since you do have a show of your own, tell me about that, by the way, since we haven't really got into that. Before doing a show of your own, were you always interested and that sort of field, the radio type uh, or a podcast, what exactly was it that got you wanting to do this yourself? Uh, well, when I was younger, I was always into music, um, MTV generation, you know, just wanting to create music, doing things like that. 
And as I grew up, I got more into like the radio personalities. And I, for, I'd say through from like 16 to 19, I wanted to be a, a DJ, radio host. Um, then I kind of let go of that for a while and I got back into music. I was doing rap music for, you, you wanted uh, to, you wanted to spin records for a living. Um, sort of kind. I wanted to do a lot of different things. Like I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to, be you want to be a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> why, why would you want to be uh, a pretender? Um, Hey, it's you a, know, the mind of a kid. It yeah, well, was it's a, just it's, like, I wanted to be in the spotlight back then. It's a lucrative business though. So. I should shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but then my dreams were dashed as I, be, uh, as I, I guess I had my eyes open to the way the world is and how people like pimp you out, and I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Uh, they take you, they take uh, advantage of you, no doubt. And, Absolutely. Uh, Paul on Skype, he messaged in MTV Forever, and yeah, when you were when you were bringing that up, I thought of uh, Carson <laughs> Daly in my head. Oh no, I was, I was Good before Lord. the Carson Daly. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were there before, I, I would take it. And uh, do you remember that terrible show, TRL? Uh, yes, that's when I stopped watching MTV. Oh boy. I was there for Headbangers Ball and... Yeah, uh, you were, you, yeah, you were there of, way back. Yep. With that, what, what's his name there in that horrible jacket? Oh fuck, I don't know his name, but I know Rick, exactly Ricky, what you're talking about. Ricky Rat? Uh, Ricky Rackman, uh, yeah. yeah but there yeah, was another right. one too. I can't remember his name. I can't even believe I pulled that name out of my ass. <laughs> that's pretty good. Holy shit. Somebody was paying attention. Came out of left field there. Yeah. But I remember that, that jobber. Yep. He's a prick. Yeah, he was a, back in the... he was such a goddamn prick from what I, what I was told from people that, uh, ran into him much later on in life. And, uh, even to this day, he's a pretty much of a, a prick. Amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad I never met any of these people. Yeah, you'd probably be disappointed. Um, Most definitely. There was only one musician who I did meet that I thought in my head, I, I probably not going to like this guy. I actually met um, Michael Graves from The Misfits. Oh, he's a fucking nice dude. He's a really nice guy, actually. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know he was going to be that nice, but he was a really kind guy and a very genuine. Yeah, I never met him, but... Uh... My friends had gone to the concerts and they actually got to hung out, hang out with him. And they said, you know, he's like a really good dude. I met and him. I'm just like oh, go ahead, thinking sir. of Danzig and everything and I'm, how everybody's had really bad experiences with Danzig and Jerry only. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, you would sort of think he would take on that sort of dickish persona. Right. Uh, total, totally uh, the opposite though. Very kind, a lot nicer than Jerry uh, or Glenn would ever be. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely want to drink a beer with Michael Graves rather than uh, Jerry Only or uh, Glenn Danzig, to be honest with you. Yes, I would. The same. Yeah, I met him outside. Definitely. I met him outside of a gas station. He was going to go to the bathroom, and I saw his tattoo, and I thought, "Hey, I've seen that tattoo somewhere." I'm like, "Who's this? Who's this guy here?" And I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit, that's Michael Graves!" <laughs> out of, out of the blue, out of nowhere. You you got to get him on the show along with Mike Hideous, man. Well, my, he's not going to be on with him. <laughs> you could, yeah, you, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> Mike doesn't want to be in the same room with that guy, or even on the internet with that guy. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. Oh uh, no, that's going on. Now there. there's okay. Yeah, there's a little bit of drama there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, 
That's I'm not, not going to happen. I'm not hip to this. Oh, this is just old, old beef going back to the uh, mid, mid nineties, late nineties, rather. So back when uh, Michael left the stage and refused to play. Yeah, the and, South American tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's when Mike, uh, Mike Hideous stepped in for him, and shortly after, that's when Michael Gray's returned. Oh, I didn't even know he returned. Mm-hmm. He returned for okay. a short while, and then more drama with Glenn, as it always goes. Not with Glenn, with uh, Jerry only, rather, sorry. And, oh, yeah, I was that's... wondering, like, Glenn, he, was, he wasn't in it there. No, well, Glenn wasn't exactly there physically, but he was always there in terms of the politics behind the band that he left a long time ago, still collecting some sort of royalties from it. Right, because they were playing, like, I don't know if this is true, but he says he had written all the songs, and Doyle confirms it, that he had written all the music and the songs. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that going on, too. They went to court for a long time as well. Glenn and, you have uh, to be able to use the logo. Yeah, Glenn and Jerry there. Yeah, That's and crazy. now look at them. They're doing a reunion show. Yeah, now they're back, making money together. Yep. Everyone's happy now. <laughs> or so it seems. Everyone's happy now. And... Another thing, well, actually, you didn't, you didn't really get to tell me about too much about who really inspired you to actually want to do this yourself. Uh, well, like I said, it was Yuck Nasty. I was listening to The Corner and I was like, hmm, this is interesting, this podcast stuff. It's like, you know, I'm not a funny dude, but you know, I'd like to, I'd like to talk about some interesting shit and some intellectually intellectually stimulating conversation. So I met up uh, with Bobby Anthem on Twitter last year. We hit it off immediately because we both had our love of music and uh, decided to do a podcast that was unlike anything else that's out there, really. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I, I had no clue. Yeah. It's all thanks to Yuck Nasty. Where is he, anyways? Uh, I don't know. He's I, usually around. I saw him on Skype earlier, but I don't know if he's still on Skype now. Oh. He's usually always around, though. He is. He's always lingering around somewhere. Yeah, he's especially probably, at this time of night. Yeah, he, he's up late. He's probably with the woman. But most likely, yep. Maybe he's yeah. playing cards again. Yeah, he's probably playing cards again, doing the whole family thing, which is good. We are very happy for him. Staying busy out there. And uh Paul, he's sending a message here saying he partied with... Uh, Graves backstage. Nice. That's pretty cool. And of course, uh, Gore. Uh, I'm not not really a big fan of them, really. A couple songs are alright. Much more into their live performance, however. I've never been to a live Gore show. I would want to. That'd be fun. Be pretty fun. And speaking of which, since we're talking about music, I can't even remember the last concert I went to. Really? Yeah, I'm starting to think. Who the <laughs> hell did I see last? Because I used to go see a lot of bands a couple years back. One of the bigger shows I went to was uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was, uh I think, 2007. It might have been. That was like the wow, last. That's, that's really... quite a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I've gone to like a really nice sort of concert. I definitely want to get back into that. But seeing Nine Inch Nails was actually pretty damn awesome. Now that I, now that I think about it, I'm sure it was. They always put on good shows. Yeah, they performed at a smaller venue though, so I didn't really get the whole Nine Inch Nails experience that you would get inside of like a closed off type arena. 
Oh, that sucks. That would have been better. I think yeah. I, I think it was the Coors Amphitheater, if I remember correctly. Not really that great of a setup, but still pretty awesome. Still glad I got to see them. And got to see someone get punched right in front of me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone kiss a girl, and the guy didn't like it very much. I think he kissed the wrong girl. Uh, probably. Yeah. People were, were, yeah, they were drinking heavily. We all were. <laughs> but I saw someone Every... kiss, yeah, I saw someone kiss a girl and the girl reacted some sort of strange way and next thing I know, he's on his back. Oh shit. Yeah, that'll happen. Oh yeah. Hit him pretty goddamn hard. And speaking of your show, where is your partner in crime? Oh, uh, he is probably asleep. Oh yeah, we mentioned that. He's, he's still asleep. We should wake him up. Yeah, we should try to call him up. Nah, I don't think he'd like that though. <laughs> he'd probably get real pissed off at you. Nah, he doesn't get mad. Yuck Nasty calls him at like 2 in the morning sometimes. Calls him from the bar? Just got home? Uh, Nope, not from the bar, from the corner. Oh, okay, I see. Incredible. It really is. And we definitely are coming to a close here very soon. But before I do, are, are there any parting words you have, Bobby, before I cut you loose here? Oh... Parting words. Well, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show, and um, it's all as always. It's a pleasure talking to you, sir. It's been fun, right? I I hope you've enjoyed your time here and and enjoy the first guest. That was a very interesting time here. That that truly was. I mean, that kind of made my night. I'll be thinking about that for the rest of the evening. Incredible. So will I. I will definitely have to go back. What's in the clouds. No shit, right? Yeah. The cloud people. The cloud people. Gotta that, watch out for the cloud people. That goddamn Neil came in here with the cloud people story. <laughs> yep. That took Never me Never look at clouds the same way again. <laughs> Indeed. Well, once again, go ahead and plug anything you'd like, my friend. All right. If um, you want to check out our show, it's the Inhuman Experience. We are available pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. I don't know if we're on TuneIn. We're on iHeartRadio. Um, we have a live show, but I don't, I forgot the link. So <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Anunnaki Rob and follow my friend Bobby Anthem at Bobby Anthem. Amazing. Once again, thank you for being part of the program here and talk to you on the flip side, my friend. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Mahalo. And there he goes, Mr. Bobby Blades. A great time. And of course, I do want to acknowledge all the international listeners out there, I definitely love seeing all of them. Love seeing Germany, the UK, and Canada, and Afghanistan actually listening in. Well, I think I know who that is. And of course, our friends in Australia and Turkey really like that. And the German fans out there, Guten Morgen, really do appreciate them. They're always very friendly, especially... With those emails I get from them, praising the program all the time. Who would have thought the Germans would be listening to me all the way out here in Southern California? Incredible, really. And, of course, don't forget if you missed last week's show, that is up on YouTube and, of course, over on MichaelDeacon.com. I also want to thank Deprogrammed Radio very much. That's DeprogrammedRadio.com. And, of course, I do appreciate all your donations. Been getting a few. I do appreciate that. Any amount is very kind of you. Definitely go and 
donate a few dollars over at michaeldeacon.com on the right-hand side of your screen. Hit that little donate button. Would really appreciate that. And, of course, if you are listening to this on a replay, keep in mind, we are live every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. For further information, always refer to michaeldeacon.com for news and updates on the program. And, of course, I do want to thank all of those on YouTube who found the live stream. Yes, it's been difficult trying to do this program live yet again here. YouTube has been making it quite difficult for me to get the ball rolling here, so I do apologize. And I hope you enjoy tonight's program. It's been very fun. We'll do this again very soon. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for being here. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. You are looking at a remarkable idea. An idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality. For this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. Michael Deacon, Michael, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon. Michael Horn. Hidden below the belt.